Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we're talking about Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5. We're talking about the return of some favorite characters. We're talking about learning new things about the child. And why is Timothy Zahn smiling? All that and more after a commercial break over which we have no control. back. I'm Matthew. I'm your host. I'm joined today by a great group of Mandalorian fans. Jeff, Ashley, and Paul are all here to talk about this episode. How are we all doing today? I'm super we are lost. chaos. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> bueno. <laughs> yeah, um, I had not expected the episode where Ahsoka Tano does show up and her to not be the biggest reveal of the show. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> uh, it was a throwaway line, but I'm just going to get started there. Do all of you know, or do any of you know, the significance of the mention of Grand Admiral Thrawn? Yes. No. I don't know that that's necessarily a throwaway line. Yeah. Oh, no. Because I mean, I, I, she I'm... had some intensity on it. <laughs> she has some real stank on that, where is yeah, Grand yeah, yeah. Admiral Thrawn? Grand Thrawn. Admiral much anger Thrawn, in her. <laughs> question mark in my notes. <laughs> yeah, I went, I was super happy to see Ahsoka Tano here, um, although it had been spoiled for me, and... Yeah. I mean, the, the episode title was a little little bit of a yeah, It kind of gave it away. <laughs> oh, I didn't see what was the episode title. <laughs> Jedi. The Jedi. Okay, fair. I, I just saw a lot of people post things like, no spoilers, but, and then a picture of Ahsoka Tano. And I was like, come on, yeah, folks. Yeah, that's, that's not what no spoilers means. <laughs> yeah. We have to have a discussion about that. <laughs> Let me just say something about Thrawn, because that's what I honestly yeah. walked away yeah. most excited Somebody about. For those me. who don't know, not long after Return of the Jedi... A set of books was written. They're called the Heir to the Empire Trilogy by Timothy Zahn. Um, And as far as I know, these were the first of the Star Wars novels that really expanded the universe. It may well be that there were others before then, but I think these were the first that really hit mass market and are often regarded as some of the most important, some of the first. Yeah, there definitely were some before that, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Sure. In them, they introduced a character called Grand Admiral Thrawn. And he was this fascinating character who um, learned all about characters by... He learned all about other races through their art and was able to be this absolute military genius and has become a huge fan favorite. And when it was announced that the what's now regarded as the Legends canon, these Star Wars novels, was not going to be considered canonical by Disney going forward, that I think was for many people one of the biggest disappointments is that we would never see Thrawn on screen. Yeah, we lose Thrawn. Oh, no. Exactly. And he has been brought back in some of the animated stuff, but this is the first time we've ever heard him even mentioned in uh, live action, let alone getting the idea that he's going to be a major part of the plot. So we'll get to a full discussion of the show, but I just needed to start there because I was like, okay, we have Ahsoka great. That's back. That's great. That's great. And, And honestly, like a couple episodes ago when we were speculating about the future, I had a thought of like, what if we get Thrawn back? And I, mm. you know, conversation went crazy. I didn't get a chance to mention it. Um, but, oh my God, I'm so excited to see what they, where they go with that. <laughs> I think it's it's so funny. We were watching the episode and like, we're talking the entire time about like the costuming and like how beautiful Ahsoka is. Like Rosario Dawson looks so great as Ahsoka Tano. And then all of that went out the window when the name Thrawn was brought up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just like screw all of that discussion. I don't care about the wig on the magistrate anymore. We got to talk about Grand Admiral Thrawn. But can we talk about that wig for a second? Ah, 
<laughs> it was it was pretty bad. Ahsoka's Ahsoka's costume was dead perfect, and I think as one of you pointed out, all the budget went to her because the the magistrate's wig was just so bad. <laughs> yeah, she looked so beautiful. Yeah. It was like every ounce of makeup that went onto her, like not just her face and head either, like her entire body, because she kept having that like. Uh, she took off her her robe and like had that had her shoulders showing, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Man, that's nice." Like, <laughs> this is the bay. Uh, have <laughs> we like, switched bays, Jeff? Have we switched bays? I, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll see. This is Jeff's version of cancel culture. He decided there's <laughs> enough about bay. You know, the the problems with Cara Bay or such, and the actress. But now that uh, Cara Dune, sorry, Cara but now Cara that we have bay. a new bay. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, we can we can move forward now. Like yeah, I was. You gotta you gotta hold on to one branch before you let the other one go. Fair. <laughs> if, if you have Ahsoka as a as a recurring character, then you know you could do whatever you want in the rest of the series. Yeah, you're right. I just you're hope right. they do. I just I feel like every time they have these awesome guest star characters, it's for one episode, and then they just move on. I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Go back. No, go back. I didn't want it to get all tied up so quickly. I feel like they're setting her up as, particularly with the the link to Thrawn, as this long term, very important character. Oh, I hope so. Though I think you're right that in this season, maybe we'll see her one more time, but maybe not. But that yeah, she'll probably this was just planting the the exactly seeds. sort of like the the what was it episode four of season one with Cara Dune, mm. right? Cara Dune, and also um, this is the way, man. Which is a gruel? No. Queel, thank you. Quill. Yeah, I mean both both He's of the them. I have spoken, man. Right. Isn't, oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm mean, totally. That's what you um, meant, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do know Star Wars. I promise. I just get words mixed up. <laughs> oh, it's like the, this is the way the way man is is Mando. That's yeah. it's, it's literally <laughs> the main character. He's, he's in all the all the episodes. But, but so far, we, we've seen that as world building. Is that they'll introduce a character or like grief who comes back up when it's relevant, but then often yeah. disappears. But I, when he got on that ship without. Uh, Ahsoka, I definitely had the same feeling, Ashley. I was like, no, let her stay the rest of the you season. Made it, at you least. said you were going to do well, it. So we didn't see what, yeah, so, okay, I've got stuff to say about that. But before before we get to that, like, we don't see what she did with the magistrate, right? Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's going to hang around and try and, you know, get some get information out of her brain. Jedi torture? With, with Yon Force, yeah. A little Je- Jedi interrogation. With Yon Force. You pull your own fingernails back. <laughs> I mean, she did learn from Anakin how to interrogate yeah, someone. Like, so, ah. you know, that was a, a pretty pivotal Clone Wars episode early I, on. Although, I love, though, that she, that she like, brought that up. Like, I've seen what, you know, mm-hmm. what, what the, what emotions and, and connection do to the best of us. Right. I was like, yeah. oh, snap. But is he a little yeah, Seth right? Lord already? Well, I mean, I that's know. one of the things that the show set up so well, I thought, is um, I'm sorry, when I say the show, I mean, um, in Clone Wars and Rebels, mm. where Ahsoka was introduced and really mm-hmm. developed, one of the plot lines they really do well is Ahsoka, like, at first thinking, like, yeah, Anakin's the best Jedi. He knows it. He gets it. And then slowly starting to recognize that maybe his perspectives and the rest of the Jedi are not that great. And um, her eventually coming to terms with the fact that he does become Darth Vader. Spoilers for original Star Wars. Sorry. Um, <laughs> wow. Spoilers for Spoilers Return for of Empire. the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Empire, actually. But uh, yeah. or either one. 
but yeah, and 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 so that hearing her say that, I mean, I got chills. Like it was just such a great moment for her because she's she's seen all sides of that. Yeah. I did think it was weird though that she kept calling herself a Jedi and kept calling the others the Jedi because as we think we talked about before, she did very ceremoniously like walk away from the Jedi. Um yeah, I think because I, the, go ahead. Well, I would just say I I don't think she called herself a Jedi. No, she but didn't. She what she did is which bothered me, she never corrected him on it. But she right. never said I am a Jedi. You know, just like Manda wasn't like, "Oh yeah, I'll go kill that Jedi for you." It was just right. like all right, tell me where she is, you know? Yeah. He's like, I didn't agree to anything. He's the one yeah. who said a Mandalorian and a Jedi, right? Correct. And she right. was like... And she uh-huh. says the Jedi Order has fallen. She never mentions that she herself walked away from it. But yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right, that's also true. So maybe that'll come up down the line. Maybe that's one of the reasons she didn't want to train him as a Jedi. Because she's like, well, I'm not a Jedi, so how am I going to train him as a Jedi? Although I would argue maybe that would be better to train him not as a Jedi, <laughs> just yeah, right. like as a as a Force user, you know. Like I don't know, maybe have some perspective, like what you've gained over the decades. I mean, we we do know in universe that one Jedi did try to attempt to train some people, and it didn't go so well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's still not canon for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's. And in fact, one of my biggest fears of the Mandalorian is getting further down the line and kind of like, that's kind of the story that I would have liked to see after Return of the Jedi, like in terms of a a post-school sequel trilogy, (laughs) you know? And I mean, I love the characters in the new ones, but I don't really love the story and its place, how it fits with the other stories. And also, I think there's a lot of just complaints about how it was kind of disjointed because it had all different writers and directors and everything. But, uh, you know, it's like, how are you going to kind of get from here to that point? Like, are we, is, you know, is uh, Grogu gonna Aww. gonna meet Luke? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And will it's he be funny. played by Stan, Seba- uh, Stan Sebastian? <laughs> Stan Sebastian. Sebastian Stan. <laughs> I, there was a comma in there. You just didn't hear it. Oh, okay. I heard it. There you go. <laughs> I'm not even mad because that led me to the best thought ever. Guys, mm. we need we need a, a spinoff series that's like a, a high school Saved by the Bell sort of thing, <laughs> except it's in the Jedi Academy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and Luke is the headmaster. We never actually see him. We just hear him on the intercom. <laughs> does this mean Grogu is? Does this wow. mean Grogu is Screech? Yes. <laughs> so I have like questions. So does that mean that uh, where Grogu was at the Jedi Temple during the time when like Anakin and all of them were there? So the the people who trained him would have been Yoda and like Mace Windu and everybody. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I he love was, that. He's fifty that's years old. Mm-hmm. And did he get like snuck out on that fateful night when Anakin? That's, that's uh, what it sounds like to me. That's yeah. my that's my read okay. for sure. Which. Which doesn't feel right to continuity. I mean, till this point, we've really seen him be, like, barely a toddler, at least in his mm-hmm. own development. And, it, like, that's generally before they would get to the Jedi Temple. Um, as well as it's just one more of those, like, how was this then, like, never mentioned as, you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan are talking about what should happen afterwards. And th- there's always going to be those continuity well, holes. But... There being a single other Jedi left besides, like, Luke and potentially Leia feels like it it doesn't quite square up with the original trilogy you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like where was ahsoka yeah during, like say empire strikes back you know 
Yoda specifically saying like there is another because he can sense one more Jedi. Right. He knows the story. Exactly. Also, there um, is a several others. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what? But what do you think of the story of that Grogu is not not a child? I mean, he is a child, but it's not just that he's a child who is learning his powers, but that he is like afraid to use his powers because of what's happened to him. I think that's awesome. Like that gives so much more depth to his character. Like originally we were just looking at him as like, Oh, it's a baby and babies are cute. And uh, look at him doing baby things. But now it's like, it's, you know, I, I go back to the, the empire uh, introduction of Yoda and you're like, Oh yeah. Yoda was kind of an imp. So Mm -hmm. like all Mm -hmm. of this tracks. Right. And like, he just does whatever the hell he feels like, because like, eh, why not? (laughs) but then, like, we learn that he's seen all of this, all the war and all the destruction and hate and all the, you know, he's had people hunting him, so he's had to hide himself. Like, it makes a lot more sense now why he is the way that he is, because, you know, if he if he can convince people that he's just a little baby, please don't hurt me, then mm. all the better for him. Mm-hmm. So, so he's like Baby Yoda Dexter, kind of. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. I can kind of get that. Plunges a lightsaber into your chest. He'll do but it. I'm not, if the idea is I'm going to hide these powers, I'm only going to use them when, like, you know, my caretaker is in mortal danger or something else is really bad or I just really want those blue cookies. That mm, doesn't macarons. quite line up for me. He did <laughs> oh, choke macarons. out Cara Dune for, like, a lot less than that. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, my caretaker's in danger. That's important. Um, I, in, I, in an arm wrestling contest? Okay, maybe he doesn't quite understand what's going on there. <laughs> I, I think he's a like a toddler with PTSD who's also super powerful mm-hmm. or potentially super fa- powerful Jedi, you know? Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. which is, I, I feel like I don't have a frame of reference for that. You know? <laughs> that's, like, fair. that's fair. I don't know what that's supposed to look like. It makes a lot of sense to me. The, the whole interaction between Ahsoka and Krogu felt so kind of bittersweet to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there was all the cuteness, but there's also all the sadness from hearing his backstory, but then also knowing all of her story, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I felt like it, I felt like his character got way deeper in terms of, and I feel like this season has actually kind of communicated that some, you know, in terms of, although at the same time it was like, what, why, why didn't you use the force with the spiders? Like, why? I'm why with you. Do yeah, it? why with the spiders? But, <laughs> but like, I, I, I do buy the the story. You know, I mean, so this is happening about thirty years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? right? So that means Grogu would have been about twenty when he was hidden. You know, when so so being twenty, and I mean. Maybe he was a toddler then, like different species age differently. Maybe since he was two, he's looked like this, and in another two years, he'll look like an adult Yoda-looking thing. You know, yeah. um, I-, I can buy that at the literally the age of twenty, he was being trained, even if he doesn't communicate in words quite the same way. The fact that he's so um, progressed in the Force, and that you know he can communicate with Ahsoka in a way he can't communicate with Mando. Right, so back then he would have been able to communicate with Jedi. They would have been able to communicate with him in a way that he wouldn't have been able to communicate with anyone else. And it seems right. like there are so few 
of this species, there's like Yoda, Grogu, and Yaddle, basically, as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware, that, uh, you know, it would be like, oh, yeah, let's train them if they're very Force-sensitive, and maybe it'll be a slow, like, centuries-long process. Who knows, right? But uh, I, I can buy that he, you know, learned a lot then and w- was a kid, and then then got hidden and then got kidnapped. And it was a little unclear how all that was. And I think it was deliberately unclear. And the point is it's unclear to Grogu because it was very traumatic. And then Mando basically saved him and treated him like, you know, a person after, you know, after a while anyway. And, (laughs) um, and now, you know, he's still kind of hesitant about using the powers, but like, if he like really wants those macarons, like <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, food and protecting Mando seem like his macarons. priorities, right? Awesome. I think they're macarons. It's macarons. It's macarons. That is Macron? the prime minister of France. Yeah, because they're because they're I'm not sure macaron and a macaroon right? are different things. And while I'm worried, sometimes we'll get called out for false details about Star Wars. I will say here. I am very comfortable acknowledging this is not a French pastry podcast. So if we get those details wrong, who the hell cares? Go on. Right, but, I'm going to have a hard time calling okay. him Grogu now. I'm just, I love Baby Yoda. Like I have to get ready for the transition. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I want to make a meme that's got him with the Heisenberg hat on, saying like, "Say my name." <laughs> <laughs> so, that'd be great. <laughs> so we we could take opposite ends of this uh, debate. And that does track, though. I, I can definitely see the idea that, you know, his species develops differently and that he he acquires a good deal of intellectual capacity before he becomes verbal, you know, mm-hmm. and just the way yeah. his species develops. I mean, Yoda never quite starts talking like everybody around him. That's also true. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, God, I but, can't wait till he starts doing that. If he's got the mental facilities of somebody who is 50, like if he if he can communicate and and see and understand oh, no. everything around him like a regular freaking person, then why was he eating the eggs of a <laughs> sentient being? You know, I, I think he doesn't it's not, care. I mean, he, he eats care. things alive. Like, uh, you know. He hungry. He definitely he has some trouble understanding what Mando says. So I think there's definitely a, um, <laughs> some, some language yeah. comprehension issues there on both sides. Ahsoka was like, he know. He know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah knows. he knows exactly he what he's doing. Doesn't, but he just I, doesn't give doesn't a shit. He doesn't want to do it. They were I delicious. Do, I do agree with you about the bittersweetness of that moment. There's there's one moment where they were, uh, you know, communicating Ahsoka and Grogu, and it was dark, and there was just that lamplight, and there was just like one or two bars of one of the Jedi, one of the pieces of Jedi music from the original movies, and I was just so touched by it. It was just this beautiful moment of like, for just this one moment, the connections of the Jedi are alive again. Uh, in a yeah, way I that, think like, that was. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I think that was the music that they used at Dagobah, right? When Yoga was dying or giving Luke, like, his last words. I think so. Yeah, I, I hadn't placed it, but I think that's right, yeah. Which which I had seen seen titled as Leia's theme, but uh, <laughs> but it was definitely used in that spot, so. When it's something Jeff oh, and I had commented on um, while watching it, uh, when we were doing a live live watch, I got such strong da- uh, Dagobah feelings from the whole planet you know it's all very kind of green tinted it's all misty yeah. and dark um all this vegetation everywhere i mean Gigantic former vegetation creatures. a lot of it right well yeah like, it's also true been very deforested. <laughs> yeah i think that was deliberate i think you know they're probably going for that that vibe mm-hmm. quite deliberately i would imagine i like that mando sounded like me he was like go use your laser swords they're not going to mean anything i was like ah 
Laser swords. I loved it. Yeah. I feel like you have a strong connection to Mando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ashley is because he's <laughs> he's the he's the guy who knows nothing about Jedi, and he's just kind of like bumbling through it as he goes. <laughs> well, and, and, and like, I mean the Mandalorians me. too. He knows what he's been told by the Mandalorians he was raised by. Yeah, about the Mandalorians, but not the you know the larger history. Well, and that's yeah, a question yeah. I wanted to throw out. So for both Jeff and Ashley, as people who um don't know all the stories of Ahsoka Tano the way um Paul and I do, what was your take on on getting to see this character for the first time? Well, I did She's that day. Pretty. Yeah, I did that day where I watched like 10 hours of uh, uh, Clone Wars. I just kind of, bu- I jumped around. I jumped around. Yeah. But I got a real good yeah. feeling of who she was because I was like, you know what? I feel like I, I, you know, I should learn. I should just like try to get on everyone else's level here. Like put in the work, nice. watch them. And um, <laughs> put in the work. I did. Uh, yep. And her double lightsabers. Oh, like everything was perfect. <laughs> I was. Just, I love the sound that they made, <laughs> like when she when she activates them. Yeah, like just the, the cinematography sound of, that of this episode. Was so good. Oh, the cinematography was gorgeous. That one scene in the alley where she lights it up real slow. Oh yeah, and Ugh. like draws them apart. Yeah. Whoa. She she lights and you know she ignites and puts out her lightsabers more than anyone ever. With lightsabers, I, I think. So like in this episode, like probably as many times as all the Clone Wars episodes put together. Like, <laughs> well, I, that's 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 so great about about her is that she knows that like these are a beacon. You know, these right. yeah. these point me out in the darkness. Mm-hmm. If I don't have these on, I'm I disappear. And yeah. she used that to her advantage, and it yeah. became so scary for mm-hmm. the other guys. Yeah, yeah, it was great. One of the best parts about this episode was that it was basically a horror movie in kind of a way of yeah, shot, you right. know, of like for, for the that, for the villains. <laughs> yeah, exactly for right. the villains. Yeah, yeah. But that whole thing of like you never quite see see Ahsoka. Like you see her just these flashes of her moving past and the light stuff you're talking about. It, it was just one of the best directed and best shot episodes. I think Ashley, you talked yeah. about how good the cinematography was. It reminded me of like the old uh, ninja movies, like Ninja Assassin, yes. Ninja Vanish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and and not just not just because of the way that she's she was moving, but like uh, all of the townspeople looked like they mm-hmm. were of Asian and descent. And they were, you know, the, running along the rooftops. <laughs> the the architecture is, you know, decidedly not Western. Mm-hmm. Um, the the leader, the uh, the magistrate, was you know wielding a spear and had a very uh, Eastern fighting style that she was using with it like it's it, it's all kind of pushing in that direction of it being like uh you know a, a 47 ronin kind of thing exactly or, yeah that that's sort of like you know this lot this ronin actually no that's exactly it just the ronin fighting the magistrate holy mm-hmm. shit yeah. you guys I found this it. is our ninja episode <laughs> yeah. we had our western we had all of our this is our theme and Ronan yeah. is one hundred percent ahsoka you know in terms of she yeah. leaves the jedi she's literally a ronin like yeah <laughs> I mean, if Jedi are samurai, which they're not exactly, but, you know. No, they are. It's a right. pretty pretty close, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, but the the way that, like, you know, we're talking about the cinematography. I love that the, the only things that really lit uh, Ahsoka through this episode were her lightsabers. Like, there mm-hmm. was the one lamp when she was, yeah. when she was kind of, like, force-talking to Grogu. But, like, any other time you saw her face, and if it was lit by, like, good lighting it was her lightsabers on mm-hmm. and it was so like it was so awesome like the the vfx team in this episode 
like they deserve all of the money <laughs> all like every round of applause you can give them they did an an amazing job and lighting crew you know some of that i'm yeah. sure is is live lighting uh as someone who's worked very briefly in in lighting i got to stick up for them <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing i'll say is that i find the credits very frustrating on disney plus because okay. the the credit scenes are so awesome on the mandalorian and they show all that but then it cuts to the like black screen credits with like all the details and stuff and it just makes it super tiny and it's so hard to go back because then it goes out of the tiny thing oh, but then yeah. it goes back to the tiny thing it's incredibly mm-hmm. frustrating to me the um, disney plus app is is other than CBS All Access, I think the worst of the streaming apps right now. Like, it just does not do a lot of things that I like. Reinstall it, like, three times a week. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Get it together, I, I, Disney Plus. How big does your, your goddamn yacht have to be? Put it in your app. <laughs> when, just in terms of Ahsoka herself, though, even the, um, the fighting form that she uses, um, you know, which they talk about in the show is kind of unconventional for the... The, the Republic at that point, mm-hmm. uh, but draws on like some of the different forms, especially form four uh, within the, like the Jedi ideas. But it, you know that I could, she doesn't just fight with two lightsabers. She fights with one in the sort of overhand instead of underhand uh, yeah. hold. And th- that's the shorter one. And they show her doing that at the very end in that fight. She has that kind of weird stance of holding only one lightsaber, like overhand out, you know, pointing outward from her. That's exactly from what she does all the time in the in the show. So I was so happy to see them do that. Yeah, and you like you noticed the magistrate saw that happen and was like, "What in the hell? <laughs> oh, like it's getting real, you guys." I, I still like I don't understand why why she is okay with just like all right, let's sit down and have a fight uh, against this Beskar spear wielding lady who is not force sensitive at all. Like. Just force pull the spear, and then uh, now you got her. I, I just was screaming that at the TV. Just force push her <laughs> into the pond. Oh, like so use use your force powers? Yeah, yeah. Just use your oh. force powers, and you win. You let your lightsaber get thrown in the water. Yeah, that when that happened, I was like, really, really, yeah, yeah right? Okay, really? But so um, at, so on to comment on the the magistrate for a moment. Um, Morgan Elspeth, I think is the character's name. Uh, yeah. it, she's played by Diana Lee Inosanto, who's a an actress, writer, stunt woman, um, daughter of Dan Inosanto, who worked with Bruce Lee extensively, uh, was wow. in Game of Death, and um, oh wow, and so like she can fight, you know. Yeah. I mean she's she's been trained in you know Jeet Kune Do by one of the like three main teachers of Jeet Kune Do a- after Bruce Lee's death, and. Um, so, you know, she was there, you know, whatever you think of her wig, I, I didn't personally notice, but I'll defer to, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Your expertise. The, the official I'm hairstylist. I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. Even, yeah, yeah. I'll even say like 30 minutes in, Ken was like, oh, that wig is terrible. I was like, babe, <laughs> good for you. But Paul, Thank you were saying? Um, basically just that. I, I think as, as far as a fighter and, and as far as stunts, um, you know, I think she did a great job with that. I, I do think it's sort of like, it is always a thing. It's like, you know, okay, you're going to have a Jedi fight a person with a spear, you know? <laughs> it feels, the thing is like when you make your heroes that powerful, there is a point at which it's like, yeah, why are you going around doing all, like, just force yank everyone to the ground, yeah. or like throw them up in the air, mm-hmm. and then hit them when they come down, you know? It's like, they're, they're, they definitely don't use all of the... um uh, 
all of their powers all the time. I think the I think the thing with that though is that she is such a great fighter and such a great stunt person. Mm-hmm. She's up against Rosario Dawson, who mm-hmm. is decidedly not right. Um, so well, like, they, I'm sure they had stunt doubles for, although I don't see the um, uh, I'm forgetting her name at the moment, but who did Ahsoka stunts in season seven of the Clone Wars? But oh, because it was live. It was like live capture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did motion capture. Well. Yeah, if they if they didn't have her for that, then um, you know you've basically just got Rosario Dawson or whatever um, whatever stunt, stunt double she has. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's difficult to to portray a good fight and good acting from one person. Yes, mm-hmm. and like having the the magistrate be such a great fighter. Like if they if they stayed on the two of them. You know, because it kept flashing back to Mandalorian mm-hmm. and right. Kyle Reese guy, like, staring each other down. Well, that's why they did that. Right. And they, they intercut there so that they could, you know, do the jump cuts. But, like, I, I get that you wanted to have a good fighter in the, you know, ha- she's a good fighter. You wanted to have a good fight for her. But it just kind of felt silly as far as, like, the character. Mm-hmm. What? For, for Ahsoka to just, like, okay, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll humor you and have this fight. <laughs> For me, there were two things there. One is that I agree. I thought that felt a little unbalanced, but this has been a problem throughout Star Wars. Um, you know, yeah. in the Clone Wars TV show, we see Jedi take on like armies of thousands of droids, you know, mm-hmm. with no mm-hmm. real problem, never breaking a sweat. And then we see, you know, groups of like five clones kill Jedi in in Order sixty six, and right. it never quite lines up. So. And and then Star Wars is not unique to that, you know. I mean, the the yeah. producers have talked about how the show WandaVision is going to try and attempt to explain how Wanda's powers are wildly all over the map, and um, we've said that about a lot of characters for sure. The thing, honestly, that I got out of it, which I agree with, may be kind of a clumsy way to show this, but I thought it told us something very important, which is that a lightsaber can't cut through a Beskar. Yeah. 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 And they they demonstrated that by the actually so I didn't actually have any issues with that fight at the end, but when Ahsoka just attacks Mando, like and just out of nowhere, Ahsoka yeah. was sitting there. So I'm like, it, it's it's kind of the like we want to show these two characters fighting because we think it'll be fun, and we can show you that lightsabers don't cut through Beskar mm. because we need that later right. in the episode. For, well, the, th- for that fight to make any sense. And, like, I'll be honest, you say it now and it clicks. It didn't click for me in that moment. So maybe that's oh, why okay. they wanted the second scene. But you're right, I just it was thought shown it was there. Cool. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely thought the first one was to set up the second one. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like when that happened, I was like, oh, what's he blocking these lightsabers with? Wow, I guess that, yeah. <laughs> you know, stops that. So then when she couldn't just cut through the staff, it was like, yeah, okay, that was established. Right. But now, yeah. yeah, I mean, now we know that. So if he runs into. I don't know, Maul or something. Well, no, Maul, Maul, no, 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 the dark saber. Moff Gideon with the dark. Oh, saber. it's going to be the yeah. dark saber. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. The so, dark saber is not going to be able to cut through it because it is actually a lightsaber. It's just mm-hmm. gross dark. looking. Well, it makes sense Beautiful. because if the fundamental part, or at least a fundamental part of the Mandalorian like history, is their fights with the Jedi, of course right. they would develop an armor that was laser sword proof you know mm-hmm. right or yeah. they were the only ones who weren't kind of conquered by the jedi or whatever or didn't feel like they had to bow down to them or right. you know because join they their had thing. best car or whatever exactly right i yeah. mean to me it seems like it's a natural resource right because you can melt it down so it seems like it's some sort of i don't know 
nth metal type vibranium type thing and it seems like it's their natural resource but I don't know whether Manda we got more of that in some final run <laughs> right exactly <laughs> okay so we talked about Moff Gideon uh, this lets me get back to Admiral Thrawn let me ask you I was going to ask if people think about Thrawn and Gideon if this is going to be two separate things but let me just start here did anyone besides me know a lot about Admiral Thrawn going into this no no Okay. I don't. I know the basic story. But, yeah. And from you talking about him and from my friend, like, Adam talking about him, like, 25 years ago. But. Yeah. And I will say he, he comes up again in an animated show that, Paul, I think you have not seen. Um, mm-hmm. But he's definitely a lot less known than um, Admiral Thrawn, uh, than um, Ahsoka. So uh, I was curious yeah. to see what the reactions. But, but, okay, so if all we know about him is that he's this very powerful Grand Admiral, but he's very that is very much in a position in the empire right um is this a separate thing from moff gideon do we think moff gideon's working for him or working with him what do you all think how this is going to tie together i i would really like to see um gideon and thrawn be uh separate but equal i guess Mm. Uh, i want to see them oh god not to use the (laughs) old school racist term there sorry I, I want them to be like kind of on each other's level like separate warlords you know because you remember last season they said like all these local warlords you know the power vacuum they right. wanted to take over i want them to be in charge of their own little ex-empire fleets and they they both have their their uh their this is the way right of how the empire should go right. uh, and and you know how it should be developed moving forward and then they they come into conflict, but you know it's kind of an enemy of my enemy sort yeah. of thing. Mm. So like they're nipping at each other, but also trying to fight Mando and Ahsoka. That would be so great. I like that idea. I think we're more likely to get a. I think Gideon is probably beneath Thrawn. Would be my guess, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly how moths and admirals. Uh... Yeah, what's the structure? <laughs> right, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, uh... we saw some of that in in Rogue One, uh, and that because yeah. I, I believe a moth is a political position, not a mm-hmm. military position. Mm-hmm. And in the Empire, the two are very linked, but they're not quite the same. Right. Um, so I feel like we're going to see some politics there for sure. Yeah, and maybe there will be some maneuvering and maybe some betrayals and whatever. Because, you know, it's, it's the Empire. Um, <laughs> bad guys do that, right? But, but you know, we'll... Um, I, I like the idea of, of having these kind of separate little um, post, you know, ex-Empire factions kind of scrambling for power and sort of see where that goes. One thing yeah, I, they're like, uh, like gang leaders. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> One thing I will say from the, the old lore is that in those books, one of the things that... that Grand Admiral Thrawn does is to find a clone of a of a Jedi, and that the clone mm. is oh. somewhat more unstable, and so is turned somewhat towards the dark side, and thus is willing to work with Thrawn um, to build uh, rebuild the Empire. And there's all sorts of stuff there about the tension between the two of them, and it's one of the best parts of those books. Um, I highly, highly recommend those books to to our listeners. But so we do have at least somewhere in the Star Wars literature that Thrawn comes from the idea that Thrawn is very interested in the idea of clone Jedi or clone force right. users. And so that could really interestingly tie in with what we learned last episode about this idea to sort of use the child to possibly make clone um, 
uh, Jedi users or something like yeah. uh, Force mm-hmm. users. What I would love is if the plan is actually to like make Jedi eh, to make Force using clones, but that Moff Gideon wants the Force powers for himself. That'd be a really cool conflict between. The oh two yeah, of them. that would be yeah. a nice little kind of maneuvering sort of, you know, thing happening. It sounds to me like they've taken a fair amount from the the Legends, um, whatever you call it series, mm-hmm. uh, but that obviously they've adapted it and it's not canon per se. But that a lot of what is going to be used going forward is inspired by it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then the point I wanted to make earlier. Was that I hope that they're um, paying Timothy Zahn because <laughs> oh. they're not paying Alan Dean Foster for his. Uh... Oh yes, tell that story. It's brief, but it kind of give us like the thirty yeah. seconds of that. Yeah, basically, there's a guy, Alan Dean Foster, you know, successful writer who wrote the original Star Wars book, which is credited to um, George Lucas, but you know he ghost wrote it, which should be pronounced with a silent ghost, but. Um, <laughs> He also wrote several other books in, in the Star Wars universe, and Disney acquired the rights to them, but their claim is that they have... What is their claim? I mean, whatever. Basically, that they they say they have the rights, but not the liabilities or the responsibilities, which that's not how copyrights work. So they're trying to pull some big corporation stuff to basically just hose uh, you know, the writers of, of content that they're still putting out there and still profiting from. So they need to pay him. And I hope they're paying Timothy Zahn and all the other writers of books of um, content that they've acquired. So just just thought I'd throw that in there since we're talking about the novels. Wow. Yeah, from the little I know, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of new material that's been coming out for, about um, Thrawn, among other things. Like, I first learned that he was coming back when I was working at a game store. And mm-hmm. there's the game... Um, there's a couple of Star Wars board games that are all basically about like miniature warfare using the ships, and yeah. um, Thrawn's uh, Thrawn's particular um, star destroyer was called the Chimera, and that that toy was made along with a little um, st- uh, um, play- miniature figure of him, action figure of him. Right. So I was like, oh my god! I think toy spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was terrible working in a toy store for that because they would do that like the. The bomber that's used in the second uh, sequel, Last Jedi, it yeah. came to our store a month before, and we we're like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I showed it on <laughs> saw it on the screen. I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he is. I think he is uh, being consulted and being a much bigger part of it. But it would suck if. Oh, that's good. I wouldn't be surprised if that is hap- that happens again because Disney and yeah. creators are not the best. Um, but yeah. So what what are the last things we can say about this episode before we start to wrap up? Um, Paul, didn't you want to say something about how Ahsoka just kind of didn't keep her promise? Oh, yeah. So I've got, I've got several points, but I'll go one at a time and then we can go around in a circle and oh, then good. I'll just keep going. I have a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. One was like that nothing about so- Ahsoka testing and then not training um, Grogu really made much sense to me. Agreed. It like when she agreed to train him. Like, okay, so why is she going to test him and then not train him? Did she already know she wouldn't train him? Or was she like, oh, now I see this attachment. Now I don't want to train him. I mean, she already knew that he had a lot of fear and and all that. So that's, you know, that's that old Jedi nugget 
um, of stuff that I think we have a lot of thoughts on that you can go back to previous episodes in here. Yeah. Um, but basically that it's maybe not the best, some of the Jedi rules. Um, but then she also left the Jedi, so one would think maybe she doesn't carry all of that with her. But at the same time, she saw what happened to Anakin, so okay, fine, maybe. But then she agrees to train him if he goes and does this thing with her, which I feel... I feel it's kind of like, well, is, isn't training him kind of higher stakes than whatever you're doing here? I don't know. You know, yeah. like, if you really take this principled stand on not wanting to train him, then I think you should stick with it and be and maybe explain the situation with, you know, with this, this village or whatever. And, and, like, she probably could have gotten in herself. I mean, her plan was obviously to do it herself, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so making that agreement. But then he goes to get him... Right, then Ma- Mando goes to get Grogu, and it seems like she's going to train him, but then she shows up and she's like, yeah, but no. And and so that whole thing <laughs> felt a little, like, maybe she kept changing her mind? I don't know. But it, it, um, it, it, I didn't totally, that's the only thing in this episode I'd say that I didn't, like, just, like, really love. And then where is she sending totally them? Somewhere to go put him on a stone? Typhon. Yeah. Yeah. Typhon. Yeah, he's going to uh, go to the top of the mountain and <clears throat> decide his own future. Which, hey, I mean, I'm down with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that seems like a good idea. But, like, maybe you should have led with that. Been like, <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and Typhon um, is a planet that's mentioned in the Clone Wars. I believe that they did some, uh, this whole thing about it being important to the Jedi Order. So that's not something they made up out of whole cloth. But right. I, I do that's agree. That's another kind of reveal. Right. I do agree with you, Paul, that it felt a little like they wanted to get the character in, but then just needed to not keep the character in. Um, which I got to right. understand. I mean, to some extent, like, if you would think the show takes the progression it should take, it kind of ends at this point. Because, like, Mando's like, cool, mm. I'm done. Um, mm-hmm. right. And obviously you don't want that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it felt weird, though, to me, because it felt like there were a number of options that were never being looked at. Like, one is just, like, helping him get to his people, not training him, just giving him someone who can better understand him. Like right. Ahsoka can communicate with him a lot more. Maybe she, or the three of or them at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like maybe just hang out with Ahsoka. Just stay there for know? a minute. Yeah. Cause especially the, I would, if there had just been one or two more lines of her saying, you know, like, cause you're right, Paul, she left the Jedi order in part because she was starting to see all the problems with this idea of like, you can't have attachments and things like that. But but then in later seasons she realizes that, and like, I feel like Ahsoka is this perfect middle point of she thought the Jedi rules were so dumb, but then she also saw very clearly what happens when the Jedi rules were not followed in Anakin becoming Darth, Darth Vader. Yeah, and I just wish what there was can happen. Right, she acted as though she were any any Jedi following the rules as normal, and I just I needed a little more from her about that because I, I think yeah, you're right. The way it was played out, it just didn't make sense for her character. Yeah. I, I will just throw in that she looked amazing, like, not just, like, attractive, but, like, I was, honestly, I was just like, how are they, you know, I thought Rosario Dawson was a great, you know, casting, mm-hmm. um, piece of casting, but, like, you know, I think she's great, but I was like, how are you gonna do Ahsoka live action, you know, and then I'm like, oh, okay, that's Just how. like that. <laughs> you know, she this has just a perfect badass intro, like, mm-hmm. when we were talking about Cara Dune being badass, I was like, just wait for Ahsoka. Like, <laughs> well, you know. And look, the bay has passed, you know, so. Right. right. Yeah. The torch has been passed. 
And even <laughs> like if you go to the movies, I mean, if you don't look at the animated series, you don't look at the books, and you're someone like me who's just mostly seen the movies, uh, we don't have any female Jedi, really. Yeah. Like there's that scene in uh, like uh, what Revenge of the Sith when they do Order 66. But if you didn't know those characters, you don't feel uh, right. You know, you don't Aayla know Aayla Sakura are. deserves more than that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, other than that complaint, I thought Ahsoka was perfect. You know, it was such a great reveal. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was – I mean, one thing that was awesome is that Ahsoka was always one of the most kind-hearted of the Jedi. Like, she believed in the war, but she questioned it a lot. Um, one of the reasons why she left the clone, the Jedi was how much she was bothered by the war and what the war was doing to the Jedi in terms of, the, like, you know, seeing living people, the clones, as, as cannon fodder almost. And or not even almost literally, yeah, literally. Yeah. And yeah. then often, like she was not willing to kill the defenseless enemy. You know, I mean, theoretically, no mm-hmm. Jedi should, but but certainly some did, Anakin especially. And that she'd often be like, she wouldn't deliver the killing blow when it was not needed. And so when there's that one moment when she disarms one of the people who's attacking her up on that le- up on the the ridge of the castle, and he kind of like holds up his hands to surrender, and she kind of just like gives him a look, like yeah, yeah get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here. And he does. That moment felt perfectly Ahsoka to me, you know, because it was that Absolutely. same like, I'm not going to deliver the killing blow. I'm just, I'm not even going to try and arrest you or something. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, just okay. You give up, go. Yeah, and uh, okay, I'm going to bring this back to the thing at the the, the fight at the end mm-hmm. between I was going to as well. Her and Elspeth, the magistrate. I think there's a reasonable argument to be made that she doesn't want to use all of her force powers. She wants to basically have a duel, right? I mean, she probably could have snuck in in the middle of the night and just, like, whatever. But she's trying to get information out of her. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an argument to be made that, one, in a sort of, like, honor, whatever kind of thing, she wants to have a duel. And number two, maybe there's some element of, if I defeat this person in one-on-one combat without, you know, using a bunch of force powers, maybe she's then going to be more willing to actually talk to me and give me the information that I need from her. Yeah, more receptive. Exactly. Whereas if I just splash her in the water or something and, like, you know, make her staff, you know, fly through the air to me, like, maybe she's less likely to kind of feel like she's been vanquished in battle or uh, defeated in battle and then be like, okay, well, I'll give you the information now because, like, you beat me. Like, I, I get that Ahsoka is a more honorable person um, than, you know, we might have been <laughs> given yeah. her powers in, in that situation. Definitely me. But the magistrate has already, like, at the beginning of the, of, the, of the episode, proved that she was not an honorable person. She was willing to torture those innocent townspeople just because she wanted Ahsoka to go away. I right. think it's, like, or, more on Ahsoka's side, though, like, for herself, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to beat her, and it has to be honorable. I, Otherwise, I yeah. can't live with myself. If it would have started well, to go sideways, sure. she would have force pushed that chick through a wall. I mean, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the other thing though is, it's like, did you ever really feel like Ahsoka wasn't going to win that fight? Like, did Ahsoka mm-hmm. ever feel like she wasn't going to win that fight? I mean, no, her, she was in control the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Like, she lost one lightsaber, but it's like. Even if she lost both lightsabers, she, then she'd be like, okay, just give me your staff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Slink. Then she uses mine. the force push. But she doesn't need to because she just – I feel like she's not in danger the same way. She says don't underestimate the magistrate. But, you know, at the same time, I feel like 
she maybe un- not necessarily underestimates her, but correctly is like, yeah, I'm good here. Like, I don't need to do that. Right. Because I'm, you know, I'm just that good. Mm-hmm. Right. That yeah, I, so li- I like that interpretation. That makes a lot of sense. That's fair. And that, you know, that, that bit of honor about her. I, I wish I had known that about her from uh, the Clone Wars. I, I feel like I, I gave her a disservice when I was like, why didn't you just? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that, and that makes her to... no no that makes her more uh uh fitting of the role of bay yeah <laughs> well and it's interesting for me jeff because you know i first really got to hear your voice talking about the mcu and on the mcu cast you're the one with the really encyclopedic knowledge and i there's been a lot of times where i would watch a movie or a tv show from the mcu and then listen to you podcast about it and realize like I just saw the tip of the iceberg, and so there was so much that I wasn't knowing about the character. Um, so yeah. it's interesting to me hearing about you you getting to see it from the other side and seeing how like that can be another interesting way to, to watch these things. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fallen. I think it's not good or bad. It's just different perspectives. <laughs> yep. How the different people with different knowledge bases have communicated with one another and learned things from each other. That just I doesn't got, flow as well. I got all the laser swords I needed in this episode. I'm content. There's a better way I can say it to Jeff. Once I was the learner, but now I am the master. <laughs> yeah, you will, Pavlon. All right. Uh, Paul, anything else on your list, or can we go to the next person? I do have one more, but I'll, go for we it. can. I was saying, like, we can rotate, you know? <laughs> Let's go through each person's list. What's your one last thing to talk about? Okay, my last thing, um, and. This was already sort of alluded to, but so I, I was watching this with um, my wife, who's Chinese American, and she was like, why are there so many Asian people here? Yeah. <laughs> like, which then I asked if it was OK if I said that she said that and she was like, well, it might sound kind of racist coming from you. I was like, no, no, but I have a point. My point being that in the last episode we were talking about, I was talking about especially um, how, you know, there was such a lack of representation of you know asian people and asian americans canadian you know asian canadians Mm -hmm. in a lot of western um you know american cinema right Right. and and tv and to the point where then when you actually have like a reasonable amount it can actually be surprising right like it shouldn't be surprising it's like you're not like oh why are there so many like you know latino people or like whatever in a given thing because although you know that's not to say there's necessarily great representation in any you know there either but the point being that like i was complaining about there not being enough like asian representation and then we get this episode where yes you know most of the the it seems like the villagers were all you know um were all all of asian descent like the actors and then the the magistrate also is I think at least half uh, Filipino American, and um, so I, you know I just think it's great that there actually now is a large enough like now if you had like Ming Na Wen and then you bumped her off I would still feel like you wasted the actress mm-hmm. but like at least it wouldn't feel like you had so few characters from like a given sort of group of people that um, that it felt like not right in that way right I don't think she's dead me neither. Right. I mean, we all have theories about that. Um, <laughs> but I know what yep. you're saying. Yeah. I... Right. She certainly has not been on screen much. And, and it's funny because, Paul, you're also making the argument for why we really need more Ahsoka Tano. Because, you know, yeah. in the same kind of way of, like, introducing that one great Asian character and then losing her in Ming-Na Wen 
hopefully she's gonna come back but the same way like we don't have enough female jedi running around that getting just one episode right. of Ahsoka Tano and then no more yeah feels like enough you know um yeah i need more yeah yes you need more <laughs> Um, you know, I was okay with there not being lightsabers in this show for the longest time, <laughs> but then like Ahsoka Tano showed up, and I'm like, no, this is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I need all the lightsabers, especially white lightsabers. They were beautiful. Oh, they were. They yeah. were so pretty. I think that that just the the one set, like Ahsoka, would be that one that would make it okay because like she's not the the Yoda, the Obi Wan, the Qui Gon type of like. You know, oh, the the Jedi and the the way that they have to be, blah blah blah. Like she's not, she's not indoctrinated. Right. So, right. having her be like a super realistic person, but also force sensitive, and use and and be that honorable person that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, that would be such a refreshing take on somebody being Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would wholeheartedly welcome that in this series. Mm-hmm. I I. I I don't know if Rosario Dawson wants to do this, but I wonder if maybe they're kind of hoping for an Ahsoka that the character really takes off. An Ahsoka Tano series? A series or movie? (gasps) That's exactly what I was thinking. I'd be so down for that. I need it so bad. One other just cool thing I noticed, and um, because Ashley, you pointed out that the color, that the lightsabers are white. Um, This is a big discussion that came up a couple of years ago because they're the same color. If you remember, at the end of the... um, Palpatine's back, terrible Star Wars movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people love it. Forgive I'm... me. Um, but at, at the end of that one, um, I'm not even going to try and say the name because I got it wrong before. And I Rise of Skywalker. Care. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, the, Just call it episode nine. The, the new lightsaber hat that uh, Ray has is white. It's no longer blue it's or green. Yellow. And there's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it looks more yellow, but it does look like it's a similar sort of theme color. Right. It's diff- it's, it's lighter color. It's not quite the exact same. You're right. Um, I'm partially colorblind, so forgive me on that one. Right. But it's definitely right. not either the traditional blue or green. And right. I or, think yeah. that... Um, I think or that, red, right. for that matter. Oh, yeah. Or purple, I th- like Windu. That, that's definitely not the traditional either. That's nope. that's Samuel L. Jackson being like, I'll be in your movie if you give me a purple lightsaber. But it is in canon and it was written about more in the books. But my, my point just being, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, again, supposed to be symbolic of her being somewhat outside of the Jedi traditions. Um, yeah. And, yes. and there is in the in the novels reason for that, that color to be another part of the Jedi Order, but it's definitely not what we've normally seen. And so I thought that was also mm-hmm. really cool. Right. Yeah. You know the story of why there's a green lightsaber? Did we talk about this in Return of the Jedi? My, if I remember this, it's because um, the blue that they'd been using up till now didn't show up as well against the sand in Tatooine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they switched to wow. green. <laughs> and then build all this mythology around it. But it's like, uh, uh, the blue isn't looking good. All right, make it green. <laughs> uh, we'll come. Up, we'll fix it. We'll come up with something in post. <laughs> it is one of the reasons why I sometimes laugh. Like, I love the Star Wars lore and mythology. But every yeah. now and then I laugh at how deep into the details folks will get about and the arguing of like, no, it has to be this because so much of it has its origins. You're right in like, okay, all we have is a trash can that we can turn upside down to make it look like right. this droid. So cool. That's exactly. <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ashley, what's one or two of your last things you wanted to talk, t- touch on? Um, I just, I really hope she comes back. I know this is only episode five. We have three left. Um, so I'm not getting my hopes up too much, but I cannot get enough of her i need some more lightsabers i love them working together even though they're like arch nemeses oh i love it and i just yeah i hope i can't wait to see this story progress and i just hope that 
they do it within the next three episodes and don't I don't want some like huge like we just get to Moth uh, Moth Gideon and then this season ends like I need some action yeah like what what was what was Ahsoka staying there for like she could have brought her torture victim with them right Mm -hmm. so like is there a a reason that she needs to stay on that planet is she trying to to rebuild their society like it seems that they had picked somebody else to be a magistrate already and right he was he seemed cool with it why didn't she go with yeah, them? Credited as governor. Yeah, why stone. didn't she go with? And then we get the Ahsoka Mando show. Uh, because plot, Jeff, plot. Mandasoka. You know how I expensive it is to put her in that makeup and the hair or, and the Or even uh, Mandasoka Botan. You know, I mean <gasps> why is Bo <laughs> These these are my two biggest frustrations of the show right now. One is that and I think we we, we, we had this discussion in the live watch, I am so damn sick of the side quests. Like it was fun at first in the first season. But when we realized, like, yet again, it was going to be Mando has to help Ahsoka with some fight against an enemy who we haven't met before. I, stop. Stop. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah. us the actual story you're teasing this whole time. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, Ahsoka is fighting elements of the of the Empire. Bo-Katan is fighting elements of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian is, like, in his own way. Why are we not all getting together? You know, it, yeah. yeah. I don't understand why Bo-Katan stayed on her planet. I don't understand why Mando, why um, Ahsoka staying on this planet. It, it it just feels like they don't want the characters together because they want it to be this Mando popping in and out, and that's fine. But then don't keep making situations where that doesn't make sense. Well, mm-hmm. they want to have the big uh, everybody get together. Let's round up the gang kind of team up in the last oh. episode or two, yeah, like they did last season, because that's you know. Because that's the, the structure of the show. That's the structure yeah. of Mando show. <laughs> Maybe that's the tried and true formula. Yeah. As long as they bring them back, I guess. Jeff, what about from you? Any one, two last points? Uh, yeah. Um, I oh, so I thought that uh, when Ahsoka showed up and she cut through the trees with the or cut through that one tree with the two lightsabers. And then use the chunk of tree to to knock out the one guy, and then the tree falls directly on itself and then falls over. Like that was probably some of the best bit of ridiculous Star Wars physics ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> and good. I need more of that. Yeah, it was so good because, like, her just cutting through everything, the way that she did was so freaking cool. Yeah, the bell. Yeah, cutting through the yeah. bell, like cutting through the gong, the way that she did, like all of it was just so awesome. And I think that that, like her cutting through stuff, could have been really cool if they had gone with. Um, so okay, uh, I guess to backtrack, Paul, you mentioned that the 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 credits uh, portion of the show kind of pisses you off with Disney Plus, and I thought it was going to be a discussion of the um, the the concept art that they show oh i love that i love that so much the the concept art that they show is awesome but in like most of the time it it kind of follows right along with uh what actually happened in the show Mm -hmm. but in this one there were a lot of images that were not in the show like they Mm -hmm. were different from what the show had or from what they filmed yeah and there was one where like ahsoka was was squaring off against the magistrate but it was inside in what looked like almost. almost like a dojo yeah but like, if they had been fighting in there, and if Ahsoka had been like cutting through the uh, the the sliding doors or the the mm, paper yeah, doors, yeah. would have looked so awesome. Ah, I could go for that. 
Yeah. I, that would have been one of the coolest things, but they decided not to. The first time she cut through that tree, I flashed to um, Obi-Wan cutting Darth Maul in half, and us not realizing oh, that yeah. until he falls down and like, the two... Which, again, it's ridiculous Star Wars physics, but it was just so well yeah. done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, like, I don't know, the, the, the art, the concept art at the end kind of made me wish for the episode that could have been, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Which I, is unfortunate to say, because this was such a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Sorry. I, I, oh, so, first of all, I, I don't really feel the same, like, side quest thing about this episode at all like the Mm -hmm. really it was only episode two where i was like why are we spending an episode on a planet with a bunch of spiders and this whole thing and you know but aside from that i've i you know i've enjoyed the basic story at least of of all of the the episodes and I, i i don't know i think i've kind of just accepted like this is what mandalorian is it's an episodic show that has threads to the main universe and i think it's going to increase in sort of frequency and maybe towards the end it'll feel like we're really engaging with sort of the central plot but i feel like maybe it won't i don't know um but the i i i did get the feeling you know now that you're saying that there was all this concept art that um isn't exactly in the the show i feel like maybe they shot a fair amount more than what they showed and Mm. cut it down to the sort of 40 whatever minutes and like it could have been an hour-long episode and maybe maybe there's a take where ahsoka does say something about not being a jedi and they're like oh we won't put that in and so some of the things about her training or not training maybe maybe some of that's editing you know not just writing because what we see it you know the final thing often isn't like all the scenes that were written and shot. Right. right. So I'd be right. a little curious about that. Well, one of the, one of the pieces of art that's not related to any of the like fight scenes is, uh, Grogu. God, I was like baby Yoda. His name's not baby Yoda. His name's not baby Yoda. <laughs> but what else time. could it be? Grogu. It's going to take time. Uh, it, Grogu with his eyes closed and his hand up. And there's a bunch of dead, like flower buds or dead looking mm. flower buds in an area where, a couple of them are blooming and there looks to be light shining down yeah. on the few that are blooming. It's like, he's making them come back to oh, life like or, or, or he killed the rest of them <laughs> or he killed the rest. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's what Ahsoka's like. Nah, Ahsoka's like, nah, I'm, dog, I'm nah. Good. <laughs> but with the rest of the forest around them seeming to be dead, it makes me think that he's bringing okay, them back okay. to life. We'll, we'll give the charitable view, not the, um, <laughs> so like that that could have been the the test and or the test that was written originally that the mm. concept artist did yeah. and yeah. instead it was here's a ball and i do think and I, I know jeff again you talked about this before um in talking about sort of like knowing that you can't throw all the little details when fans a lot of fans don't know it as much as i love it as much as i've talked about it the Clone Wars TV show is hardly on the level of like most of the Star Wars movies, you know, and lots right. and lots mm-hmm. of very good Star Wars fans, who I think are completely legitimate fans, have never seen them, know nothing about Ahsoka Tano. And you're making me think, like, I, as much as I want the, the version of Ahsoka Tano that is very much playing, uh, playing homage to the, uh, her appearances in other shows, I do wonder if maybe if they had gone into some of that, it would have just confused the people who haven't seen any of that. 
Um, or that's maybe what they did. Like, and maybe Paul, you're right. They did shoot some of that, and then we're like, eh, is this going to make sense to, to people who've not seen Clone yeah, Wars? This doesn't really right. track for plebes, right? Yeah. Hey, um, I would. <laughs> Excuse me. Hold on a no, second. No, I, uh, he's talking about himself. You watched uh, ten yeah, hours of Clone Wars. I did. Yeah. yeah no. Right. No. Je- Jeff is on the bottom of this particular totem pole. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm way down here, like holding you guys up. No, like I said, we need I that. Have your hand. We need that perspective. You know. Um, I'll just say my last thing in closing. Now that our closings have taken more than twenty minutes, um, and again, <laughs> I, I'm just going to keep. It was focusing. a good episode. One of the reasons why the, the Grand Admiral Thrawn thing is so exciting to me, but also so interesting, is I don't think I've ever been more aware of just how good those postquel books were, because they're a, the the those Timothy Zahn books are about exactly what the prequels are, the postquels were supposed to be about, about what happens in the years after. Um, the, the the Empire Falls and Republic in Return of the Jedi, and Thrawn was such a good character and such an interesting character, and like that whole thing was so well done that it, it part of me was like watching the postquels, which, as you said, Paul were very disjointed. Maybe sort of be like, why are you doing a Snope and now this idiotic thing with Palpatine? Just have given us Thrawn. You had a perfect enemy. Um, right, right. But all that is supposed to happen in the first like. 15 to 20 years or even like five mm. to 15 years after yeah. actually i think it's even less than that i think i think the la- that whole series takes place within five years of the end of um the books so i very much don't want it to be that like grand admiral thrawn created or was working with palpatine or anything like that but right. you know they do talk about in those post that there has been continued fighting and there has been you know continued mopping up and so I would like it if maybe what they're leading us towards is that in the time between Return of the Jedi and A Force Awakens, there were a couple of battles and eventually the New Republic had to fight the Empire to some extent again as the mopping up. And that's where Admiral Thrawn gets taken care of. Um, right. I don't know if that's going to go, but I think that that would certainly be a better direction. Um, but that's obviously a long ways off. Give us chiss. Because they still want to make more movies, right? So maybe they'll make movies like those. Yeah. Isn't Taika doing the next one? What if it's an Ahsoka movie? I'd love that. Um, Yes, please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Directed by Taika Waititi. I don't think it is, but... I know, but isn't he doing the next Star Wars movie? I think so. I mean, I think what they have said pretty clearly is that we're not going to get anything more in this period between, like, from the birth of Anakin Skywalker to the final death of um, Palpatine and all that, that like that, the store, that so period then. is now pretty locked. Although I, maybe not because Mandalorian takes place within that period. Um, yeah. They said the Skywalker saga has come to an end. Right. Which I think is a way of not really say, I mean, maybe they said more detailed things, but the way that I heard it phrased, I was like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're giving yourself a fair amount of latitude there. Like, we're not going right. to see Luke and Leia and whatever, you know. Right. I mean, I think what it means is that but... any you're not going to see a movie about the New Republic fighting against Thrawn or anything like that. Because General Organa would be a huge part of that. But Right. That would be, yeah, that would be the thing. It's like Leia would have to be right. a pivotal character there. But you, you could have Ahsoka Tano's, you know, story, whatever the heck she's been doing. Yeah. Um, right, exactly. So. I'm so down for that. Yeah, I mean Rosaria Dawson was so good at that. That oh, that whole character just made me so happy. Paul, you're right. She just nailed yep. it. The makeup was perfect. Yeah. Nice. Um. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, there's been a great discussion. As always, fans, what do you think? Um, 
what are your theories on this? How do you like seeing Ahsoka? Um, I'm especially curious for fans who haven't seen Clone Wars, haven't seen Rebels. What did you think of Ahsoka? Um, uh, it sounds like here at least there's been wide love of her um, uh, across across that aisle, but would love to hear from all of you. If you're a diehard Star Wars fan and you've seen everything, let us know what you think too. What's, what do you think is happening with Thrawn, all of this? Uh, the best way to find out ways to contact us is go to strandedpanda.com and then click on the Star Wars um, Universe podcast link. That will give our social media, as well as access to a lot of the other great things that are happening on the Stranded Panda Network, uh, on which Ashley and Jeff are also big parts, and Paul's often a, a co-host. Jeff, tell us a little bit more about what's going on on Stranded Panda these days. Nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll give a plug. Um, in a couple of weeks, um, a new TV show is coming, which is an adaptation of the Stephen King novel, The Stand, because this seems like a perfect time to watch a completely fictionalized mm-hmm. tale about a global flu pandemic that wipes out 97% of the population and the battle between good and evil that happens after that. Um, Perfect timing. And Ashley Coffin and I are going to be doing a a set of podcasts on PandaVision all about that. So definitely check that out. Um, Paul, what about you? I know you're you're in the stages of trying to get a new project off the ground or take a project you're already doing and kickstart it into a new direction. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm streaming every day at noon Pacific Standard Time on Twitch dot tv slash zen madman um various things mostly poker at the moment but other sort of intellectual pursuits uh, i am referring to poker i guess as an intellectual pursuit which for me it is but for others it's just uh recreation but uh feel free to come join along check it out give a follow and uh yeah see you there great all right well thank you guys uh, all uh this was a, thank you thank you all folks this has been a wonderful podcast really enjoyed this episode really enjoyed getting to talk to you all about it and um to everyone else, please write in. Let us know what you think. Have a great day. I have spoken. Ooh, <laughs> uh, Ahsoka Tano is bae. Kenobi. Orange Girls. Orange Girls.